It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Rich Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning, along with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. Well, Georgia youth are returning to school either virtually or in an environment that is drastically different from the one they left in March. Prior to the coronavirus pandemic, our kids were already facing a mental health crisis, one that is now exacerbated by these uncertain times. And Commissioner Voices for Georgia's Children is partnering with the Georgia Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Disabilities to raise awareness about youth mental health in a campaign they're calling Free Your Fields. Yeah, and I can't think of a better time to launch such an important campaign. And uh, we are very excited at DECAL to talk about it, not only on our podcast, but also to promote it so everyone knows uh, more about it. It's a great concept, and uh, I hope folks appreciate it as we uh, discuss it today. Joining us to talk about Free Your Feels and the importance of children exploring their true feelings is Dr. Erica Finner-Sitkoff, Executive Director of Voices for Georgia's Children, and Layla Fitzgerald, Program Manager of the Office of Children, Young Adults, and Families with the Georgia Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Disabilities. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. Thank you actually got that name full right <laughs> I, you know i've been practicing because it's so it's so natural just to say georgia department of early care and learning i've got to put some other yeah. words yeah, layla's is a mouthful <laughs> <laughs> so erica how did voices and the georgia department of behavioral health and developmental disability come DPHDD. together <laughs> there you go yeah how'd you come together on this uh, program Well, we have been hearing from youth, um, children, educators, childcare providers, communities, parents from across the state that something like this was needed for some time now. So really, we've been talking about it for the past year, but with the pandemic um, bringing about additional stress on children and families with increased isolation, we pushed the campaign into high gear and ramped it up. ramped it up to be able to release this fall. We also wanted a creative way to connect all of the great things that we have going on across the state. Uh, We have so many great programs, supports and treatments and opportunities um, coming from DECAL, coming from DBHGD, coming from the Department of Education. We wanted a place where we can house all of those great opportunities. And we wanted a way that we can really share it with the state. And we thought, what better way than through a mental health awareness campaign? And this is how Free Your Fields launched. So we have not created, recreated any wheels or reinvented any wheels. We're only adding in what we already have great going on across the state um, with your feels too kid. So some might think this is more of an issue with older children, but the campaign starts with young children. Talk a little bit about that. So you all know and your listeners know more than anyone that children start learning as soon as they are born. Um, they learn how to bond and form attachments and they start uh, building blocks for language development. So both in terms of attachment and language, those are critical to their social emotional development and behavior as they grow and ultimately their mental health. Now, you launched the campaign recently during National Suicide Prevention Week. Has suicide proven to be a serious issue among Georgia youth? 
Yeah, it has. It, it, it's unfortunately that it's the second leading cause of death for ages 10 to 17. And more than over 100,000 Georgia middle school and high schoolers reported of harming themselves in the student health survey that's given through the Department of Education. So tragically, we're seeing this in teens, um, but also in younger children. Some of our youngest who have uh, attempted and or completed have been around the ages of six and eight. So it's happening at a very, very early age. And we see that it's the need to talk with parents and those parents for birth at five about what to do with their children or how to help them manage and regulate feelings early so that we don't have a crisis when they get to middle and high school, really talking to them in those early ages about what is anger, what is happy, so that they're able to recognize it and regulate them as they get older. So in your experience, what do you think the stigma is about openly discussing mental health issues? I think it's a fear and a lack of understanding about mental health. It's scary as a parent to think your child has a mental health issue or behavioral health challenge. And we have a history um, to do a lot of self-blame when we're experiencing these challenges. Youth blame themselves, what is wrong with me? Parents blame themselves, what did I do wrong? And if we don't talk about it, we continue to have those feelings become overwhelming and continue to blame ourselves when in fact, a lot of these feelings are quite normal. You know, we, especially when you take right now, for example, children, young children, families are experiencing disruption to their routine, isolation, stress, and um, stress and anxiety due to financial pressures, loss or sickness of loved ones, not being able to go to school or see your friends as you normally do. These are all incredibly normal feelings to feel during these times. And the more that we can talk about it, free those feelings, be able to listen judgment-free to each other, um, and to connect to resources earlier on um, before you reach a breaking point, um, that's when when we're able to make the greatest impact and ultimately remove the stigma that prevents people from talking about them in the first place. I'll also add to that, um, culture plays a huge role in that. So a lot of many different cultures don't equate um, <clears throat> mental illness as a true illness. But then we also have to understand that not all feelings that we're feeling are going to equate to a mental illness. So we have to get, again, normalizing that conversation, getting within those cultures and having them understand and educate and inform them about the needs to speak up or speak out or have their children speak up and speak out is very important. So culture and, and not equating every sad feeling to a mental health illness, but making sure to um, recognize it, understand it, deal with it. And then if it becomes a more um, consistent feeling than getting them to the necessary treatment. So like I tell Erica all the time, sometimes it just may need to be talk and sometimes it may need to be treatment. So going against that full spectrum of having someone to talk to, but also having a provider uh, that you can connect to if in need of treatment. You know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty, And as a dad to daughters, I remember if you said my children were anything less than perfect, I generally took offense to that. And I'm talking about medically (laughs) and emotionally. Like, you know, we had a doctor once that said my oldest daughter might have asthma. And I was absolutely offended by that. How could she have asthma? This child was perfect. It turned out that she didn't. She just had a really bad upper respiratory kind of thing going on. And then, you know, when they were in middle school, it was amazing how image issues started so young. They're adult women now in their 20s, but back then it was starting even in 
you know, elementary school into middle school. So I, you know, what Erica is saying about just be willing to talk about these things. And Layla, you mentioned it as well. Um, that's the start. So uh, let's say we have parents and families of younger children who are listening today. How do you build that foundation for open discussion to free your fields? There are three key messages that we're promoting as part of this, this campaign when we think of young children. First um, is that concept of serve and return, which starts at birth just talking with your baby and believe it or not, his or her babbles right back. That's their version of talking back. And so recognizing that, you know, starting from, from when they're born, talking and engaging with them and the sounds they make, recognizing that's communicating back and to continue that back and forth um, is, is key. The second is going back to that same thing, theme of a lot of what your experience is, to, in, is typical development it can be overwhelming nonetheless, but it's typical. One of our favorite posts that we created as part of this campaign with DECAL, um, a lot of the posts targeted to, to young for parents of young children, educators of young children, we created together. And one of my favorite ones is little kids have big feelings. <laughs> Help them the, develop the language they need to express them by modeling and labeling feelings and describing them. So when, you know, our kids are screaming or just falling out on the floor. It's actually really typical because they're overwhelmed and they, they need help learning how to express it. Um, the third thing is learn the signs, act early, which is a part of a campaign that DECAL's leading. And that and, and social development, emotional development, behavioral development is absolutely a part of that. So as Layla was saying before, um, all of this may be typical. You just need to talk about it. But if you're attuned to those signs, when it starts to be consistent, you can recognize early on when you need to talk with your pediatrician or um, another, um, another expert or professional in the area. Um, and then overall, that you're not alone in this and there's lots of resources. As Layla talked about, we also promote um, the helpline that DECAL offers as well as some other helplines that others offer in the state. You're not alone. And, and, and really some support or at least some support to help you figure out the next step is right at your fingertips with a phone call. Well, right now at this point in the campaign, we're talking with adults and caregivers, but you're also working with young people to create peer-to-peer -peer, uh, materials. Tell us a little bit about that and why that's important. Oh, yes. This, so we have been meeting with the Department of Education Student Advisory Council. We've met with uh, youth from Youth Move, which are children and young adults living <clears throat> with lived experience of mental health illness. We've met with Vox Atlanta Teen Communications, and all of them said, adults like to make stuff for us. <laughs> How about including us? So we thought that it was very crucial and very needed in order to connect with that young adult and teen population is to have some young adults and teens help us create some peer-to-peer -peer content that would speak directly to them. So having them uh, <clears throat> inform us on which social media platforms that they really look, um, what information to put on the post. Um, they didn't like a lot of verbiage. They wanted pictures and direct actions that they can take in. So really hearing them and bringing them to the table to help us figure out how to reach them. I think adults always know, or we think we're young and still in that young group, right? We think we can know, but we're so not. <laughs> they like to see us do TikToks. We did hear that. So they want to laugh at us. They think it's funny, but they said they had so many great ideas. They're already doing so many great 
community. So we said, why not tag along with them and have them be a part of the planning team to create some peer-to-peer -peer content will speak directly to them and their peers. And also in hopes of growing this peer-to-peer -peer connection along the campaign, this year life campaign, so that we have those people, so that their peers have someone to go to in their communities. Um, a lot of times we think as adults that we know what they need, but they actually have insight, they have uh, creativity, they know how to work these um, platforms way better than us. So we are meeting with them, um, actually coming up really soon to really, really develop some hard peer-to-peer -peer content and opportunities for our peers, for the team peers moving forward. It's a great idea. How many times have we been in a meeting where you're sitting around a table saying, what would young people like to know? And everybody's 40 and north of there, you know, <laughs> around the table, you kind of go, okay, maybe we should rethink this a little bit, get them involved. Um, Layla and Erica, do you see this as a short-term targeted campaign or will it run longer? It will run through at least next summer. But if you ask Layla or I, we'll tell you, we foresee it going far beyond that, given the positive feedback we've heard um, with, within this first few weeks. So we plan on launching, we launched last week. Uh, we'll do a relaunch in October and around the holiday season. So it'll be like every quarter, there will be something that Free Your Fields will be attached to, to keep it in the know, to keep it live, um, but also to keep refreshing our content and to keep updating our toolkit so that we have the most present information and opportunities for our state. Um, this is a statewide campaign. We're hoping that um, the Falcons and the Hawks <laughs> Everyone else takes it along and free your fields as being in the in stadium at some point. So we're looking for this to really take on its own legs and really have a life of its own and really, really be the Georgia's mental health awareness campaign. That's just not voices, that's just not DBHCD, but it belongs to us all. Um, as you see, we're offering our fields here lately. We've been all in quarantine and, and having the opportunity. And we've really become a, a cohesive working state where we're all talking and speaking to each other. Um, so I, we really hope that DK takes this campaign, Department of Education takes this campaign, as well as DBHCD and DECAL and all of our stakeholders and uh, state agencies that we've met with. We met with so many people and all of them said this was the perfect timing for this campaign, to launch this campaign and to get everyone connected to whomever, again, talk to treatment, whatever that may be. Yeah, I have to agree. I think it is the perfect time. And I like that y'all have taken what's already existing out there because you're right. There is, there are a lot of resources, but to your average parent or teen or young person, they have no idea how to navigate all that. So um, I think this is a, this is a great resource. We meet with the parent advisory council with the department of ed because we don't know how to reach them. That's everybody's challenge as well. So we're going to the people that do the work to figure out how to reach their network of individuals, whether it's birth to five, whether it's teens, whether it's young adults or caregivers who work across that range. So we've been meeting and meeting and talking, <laughs> having everyone really make sure that we are that the campaign is speaking to everyone's needs. It's hard to try to make a campaign make that happen, but I think Free Your Fields, it speaks for everything that, we've all, that we're all teaching, whether it's to the young children or to our teens. Everyone at this point really needs to release those feelings so that they don't boggle up inside and become a crisis. Right, absolutely. So um, since we have some experts here with Voices and DBHDD, I thought this would be a good question for our audience. Is it accurate to say that mental health challenges like depression and anxiety are treatable? Yes. <laughs> um, 
we've come a long way in developing different types of intervention and supports to help youth manage depression and anxiety. I think the key is recognizing those signs early and getting that support early on before it becomes overwhelming. But absolutely, we've come a long way in developing supports and interventions from very young children that are, you know, exhibiting some some signs through through adulthood. So I want to put you on the spot. And Layla, you might can and chime in here too. I'm acting like Reg here. Like, what's an example of um, a warning sign of maybe a middle schooler that might have the early depression or anxiety? What What would you tell parents to look for? Changes in behaviors, changing in eating habits, changing in times with friends, anything that you may think that is abnormal for your child. Most of us know our children in and out and can recognize things when something has happened. Usually it's, it's, it's that change in eating and change in engagement. So when they've become more isolated or they change their eating habits, um, that's when you start to ask those questions. Are, is everything okay? And sometimes you may have to reach out to their friends because they may feel comfortable talking to you. Like I have my sister as my support for my young children because they don't talk to me like they do to her. So I'll say, go figure out what's going on. If it's needed for me to step in, let me know. If you can handle it, handle it. If we need to call my people at the state, let me know. But having that caring adult, having someone that they can talk to and reach out to is very important because most of the time, either their peers understand something has changed or someone in their life, a caring adult who knows their usual patterns um, can recognize that change is happening. And again, it may be because of a situation or it may be because of a big situation. So it may be something small or it may be something that's ongoing that you need treatment for, but it may be something small that she just needs to talk out or journal out um, or dance out, however she feels free to free her feels, but making sure she has the platform and opportunity supports to do that. Great advice. And some of those basic changes can point to bigger things. You know, I uh, talked about being a dad to daughters. I remember, you know, one of our daughters wasn't eating as much as she normally would. Well, she was trying to get down to a smaller size because of peer pressure, you know, from different folks that were in her life at the time. And who knew? I mean, at first you just sort of overlooked that, but then you you see that it's unhealthy. So good to see that uh, we have advanced beyond, you know, particularly with depression and anxiety, uh, the old answer of just get over it, you know, which is what some of our parents used to say in those circumstances. So you guys have a website, freeyourfeels.org. What will people find there? They will find resources to access support, um, both directed for youth, for parents, and for educators and caregivers of all different age ranges. And when you go there, you'll be able to see it segmented out and find a targeted resource for you. We've organized it that way. You'll also find tools to help spread the messages of the campaign. Easily downloadable social media posts that you can edit to make your own. Um, and you'll also see some messages that others have shared with regard to, to the campaign. Um, we really try to make it easy for people to navigate because people are inundated with resources and messages right now. Um, and also, like I said, to make it um, the content editable for people to share, because we really wanted this campaign for people to feel ownership of it themselves and be able to, to make it their own to fit their needs of, of their community. 
So there's also a phone line, which is 1-800-715-4225 and an app available 24-7 called GCAL, which stands for Georgia Crisis and Access Line. How are those two used? <laughs> Who are we going to talk to if we call Great that phone number? Question. <laughs> Who is on the other side of that? Is it oh. Layla? but people like experts who are answering those calls and making sure to um, properly assess individuals who are calling in whether they need to be connected to a um, um, uh, treatment program immediately or whether we can get them connected on their treatment so the the um person who answers the call assesses the person and they forward them on to whether the treatment is. That's the MyGCal app. If you, I mean, the MyGCal line. If you go on the app, you can text, chat, or call anyone about your feelings that you're having right now. So that's what we're pushing. The MyGCal app is free to download on Android or iPhones. I'm an Androider. Um, but you can find it in either store, and it's very accessible. You tap on the text, you tap on the chat, or you tap on the call, and you give what your feelings are. And the person on the other end is able to assess you, get you to the proper reports or treatments that you may need moving forward. So it is just what it is. It's my Georgia crisis access line. Even if you're not in a crisis and you're overwhelmed, just please call that line and you will get connected to the individuals needed to help you through that moment. And the texting was, was created geared towards teens yes. because teens text. It's sometimes it's also overwhelming to call and you want to just quickly text. So as part of the campaign, we are encouraging if you have a teen in your life, for them to download that, because um, that that the uh, the other folks on the other end that Layla was talking about, they the have the mental health professionals. <laughs> they have a way to if 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 someone is if a youth is texting with them and it gets to a crisis point, they have a way of 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 locating um, where the youth is in order to send help, and they've been able to really intervene in some serious situations when needed um, while keeping anonymity as much as they possibly can um, and only, only breaking it when there's, when there's a, a real immediate um, situation. Great, great resources, great ideas. Got to wrap up, but uh, Erica and Layla, give us the best way for people to get involved in Free Your Fields. Sure. We would like for you to visit the website, www.freeyourfields.org. But you can also reach out to us because we want you guys to be a part of being a first liner and checking in with your children's mental health. So you can first help out by checking in with your children and their mental health and listening to them judge free and connecting them to someone to talk to or someone that may need treatment. And if you are in need of those resources, you can visit the website and get, gather that information as well. But we also want you guys to share our message, share the messages on your social media platform, share the toolkit with your networks, um, be a part of our relaunch and reinventing and, and sharing and and producing more content across the year-long campaign. Um, but we will be in touch. We will be reaching out to you via email. We'll be on more podcasts. We'll be on more meetings. Just giving more information out free in your fields. But what we want you to do today is actually free your fields and join us in helping us to become more mentally aware, more mentally aware of our mental health state um, with us. So thanks for having us today. And we are so excited about freeing your fields across the state here moving forward.
That's great. Terrific information today. Freeyourfeels.org. And don't forget about the app, the GCAL app, Georgia Crisis and Access Line. Um, the phone number is 1-800-715-4225. You can find the app on the App Store. Listen, parents, this is a journey for you and your children. Don't be the Lone Ranger. <laughs> you need community and you need yeah. folks around you to support. And there is nothing wrong with asking for help. Yes. So let's do it together and uh, free our feels. Great yeah. ideas. Layla, Erica, thank you so much for being with us today. Looking forward to hearing future reports. Thanks for having us. And thank you to DECAL for all you've been doing to raise awareness um, with Georgia's youngest. Um, Y'all have been incredible leaders in this space to, for us to, um, to start this earlier. And we are, we are grateful. So thank you. And thanks for having us today. Thanks our so pleasure. Much. Thank you. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, I'm Deborah Perry, child care consultant for the Southwest region, calling from Doherty County. And my question is, as students return back to their classes, what should be the caregiver's main focus? Uh, well, Deborah, I think first and foremost, they've got to focus on the mitigation of the spread of COVID-19. You know, we put out a lot of guidance, uh, some required, some recommended on how to do that. And um, overall, child care programs are doing a really fantastic job of implementing all of that. Um, and so I think it's about keeping kids and their staff um, safe and taking all precautions necessary. We know so much about that, whether it's wear a mask or wash your hands or keep your distance. Um, I think we got to keep those uh, first and foremost in what we do every day. And it's time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers received. Email your response to decal download at decal.ga.gov. Here's the question. Voices for Georgia's Children has partnered with what state agency on the mental health campaign, Free Your Fields? Voices for Georgia's Children has partnered with what state agency on the mental health campaign, Free Your Fields? Send your response to decal download at decal.ga.gov. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs. <laughs>